IBEC, the voice of Irish business. Welcome to IBEC Voices, a podcast series about the people and priorities behind Irish business and the global climate that shapes it. I'm your host, Patrick Hawhey, and on this episode, I will be hearing the fascinating story of William Rowan Hamilton. A Dublin man, born in 1805, universally recognised as the greatest mathematician and arguably the greatest scientist that Ireland has ever produced. He had a eureka moment in Dublin one day, and the problem he cracked that day has led to so much of the technology we use in modern times in things like tablets and iPads, gaming consoles, and so much more. It's really, really interesting to hear how what is at play in that technology and why what he did that day led to it. Um, the Royal Irish Academy officially commemorates this great scientist every year in partnership with IBEC. The event is called Hamilton Day, and this year it takes place on October 15th. So in this episode, my guests are Danny McCormick, McCoy, CEO of IBEC, Dr. Mary Canning, President of the Royal Irish Academy, and Professor Caroline Series, Emeritus Professor of Mathematics at the University of Warwick, who is going to be giving a very special lecture on Hamilton Day this year and who we're going to speak to separately a little later in the episode. Uh, but to kick things off, Danny McCoy started telling me the fascinating story of William Rowan Hamilton. So Hamilton is um, one of the really great uh, Irish academics uh, of all time. Um, He was born in Dublin in in 1805 and was universally uh, recognised as one of the greatest mathematicians and possibly one of the greatest scientists uh, ever to be produced out of Ireland. Uh, As as a child, he was... um, prodigious in, in you know, his capacity to learn languages. I don't know how many languages he had learned by the age of 10. So he was clearly an exceptional individual. Um, and as we like to say, he certainly fulfilled his, uh, fulfilled his talent because his initial work and early fame came on, uh, on optics, um, you know, prediction of kind of refraction, which would be really important in the in in our everyday life right now. But his his real lasting fame, and uh, which makes it interesting, I think, to people, is he had a eureka moment um, on the sixteenth of October, eighteen forty three, um, where he was walking by um, the uh, Royal Canal, and um, on his way in from Dunsink, from the observatory, he was a Royal Observator, so a bit like a Newton-type figure. On his way into being, at the time, uh, a bit like Mary later on, President of the Royal Irish Academy, where he just had this eureka moment and solved uh, a mathematical problem on a thing called quaternions, which is uh, really three different variables, but um, a spectacularly simple equation uh, for those who uh, don't want to be dragged back to their <laughs> uh, leave insert maths, uh, on one side of the equation, things are getting squared, but the answer on the other side has a minus, a minus one. So how does something that gets squared usually gets rid of minuses? How's the minus one still knocking around the other side? So it was clearly bringing in complex numbers or imaginary uh, numbers. And this kind of triangularization of those three variables uh, was crucial in getting uh, you know people onto the moon, for instance, or even as as basic as with your iPad when you switch it around and it has the capacity to know which end is up and change the screen. 
uh, or even mobile phone technology to be able to find ourselves. They, so this, you know, Hamilton's work um, on those quaternions is kind of the basis for so much of our modern life. And then his other his other piece, which um, I personally would have come across when I was lecturing um, in economics, both here in Ireland and the UK, is he's, he's kind of work on optimization and uh, dynamics. So this thing called the Hamiltonian. Uh, which is used in in all kinds of uh, graduate work. So lots of people would have heard of Hamilton um, internationally. And I think that's why the beauty of the Royal Irish Academy really making a big deal about the anniversary of the 16th of October, when we actually, when something very fundamental for science actually happened on a real day with a real person and a real thing to kind of matches the imaginary day of Joyce, uh, on the 16th of June and Bloomsday. And it's a kind of a great way to bring our great literature, tradition and storytelling to a fundamental uh, scientific breakthrough that itself has a great story. That is really interesting. And you, Danny did a very good job in sort of explaining why his work, uh, Hamilton's work back then, uh, has such relevance to our technology today and to the way we live our lives today. But actually, you mentioned, you know, the, the things around turning your iPad around, etc. But what was he trying to crack back then? How was how was this sort of, you know, equation relevant to life back then when there when there was no, you know, iPads, etc.? Yeah, so um, it, it really was um, in terms of the physics to try and see this, you know, what we call the triangularization, those kind of three variables, uh, in, you know, the, in the equation, the I, J, and K that he was trying to figure out, um, you know, fundamentally our place, <laughs> our place in the universe. How do you actually track uh, where we are in in um in space, in the physics of the dynamic systems of which we have to operate in. So Hamilton's work was was really looking um, in dynamics and the big questions that are in science about moving towards quantum, uh, you know, from the cosmology right into the small piece. That's why the scientists who, who come to Dublin uh, to give the Hamilton talk are really excited because they're talking about his work is relevant to all of their work. All the mathematicians, all the all the physicists can see where Hamilton's contribution fed into that body of, of scientific discovery that allows us to do those very micro things in the quantum and those really big cosmological things, like I said earlier, about landing on the moon and much further beyond. So I think, um, I think his work uh, at the time was, was developing on the work of Newton, uh, the work of Galileo, and would have been inspiring into the work of Einstein, and more modernly, uh, you know, some of the greats, the like Hawkins and Penrose, who gave the Hamilton lecture a couple of years ago. Uh, all, all of that tradition is embedded there. It's great to try to connect business and society and the young people who are coming through in our mathematical faculties to connect it up to that Hamilton story because, you know, it's got, it's got that kind of human relevance of somebody having a moment of eureka here in, in Ireland uh, and it's kind of changing the course of science as a result of that. Yeah, and, and also um, fund, fundamentally underpinning much of the economy globally today. Absolutely, and... You know, we see that in the uh, the great 
uh, STEM traditions are now developing up, you know, the science, technology, engineering, and maths that we talk about, and combine that in then with the arts as well, just like how the Royal Irish Academy itself, you know, has proclamated through time that dimension of bringing those elements of academy uh, together. And that's why we, Nybeck, are really, really delighted to have the opportunity to work with the Royal Irish Academy on, on this Hamilton Day. Well, I'd like to introduce the president of the Royal Irish Academy, Dr. Mary Canning. Uh, Dr. Canning, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. And how are you, Patrick? Good, and thank you so much for, for joining us today. Because before, I'm going to ask you why um, the RIA uh, has decided to commemorate um, William Rowan Hamilton, this fascinating mathematician that Danny's just told us about. First of all, maybe could you just briefly describe for listeners who may, may not be fully familiar with the RIA, what it is and what you do? Okay, well, thanks a million, uh, Patrick, and also Danny for this opportunity. Um, as uh, you said, we don't just convene experts in sciences, but we also um, have a range of expertise, including humanities and social sciences. So we are a kind of convener for the island of Ireland, north and south. Maths and physics have always been areas of particular strength in Ireland, and that is especially through the 19th century. And this was when Hamilton made significant advances in optics and all the um, discoveries that Danny has mentioned, the quaternions, the algebraic theory, and again, his work continues to be crucial uh, in science and engineering today. The Academy reveres him because he exemplifies academic excellence. And we want to celebrate his achievement and his influence in the modern world with great pride. So we've worked over the years, Patrick, to keep this legacy alive. The Academy partnered with the uh, Transport Infrastructure Ireland and TU Dublin to commission uh, an artwork installation that would be a fitting tribute to him. And we have a sculpture by the young artist Emma Ray at the Broombridge Lewis stop, which commemorates Hamilton's discovery of quaternion algebra. And so if people are interested, they can actually take the Lewis to the end of the line and uh, and see this for themselves, his eureka moment. And so, yeah, Patrick, our main scientific legacy is Hamilton Day. And we've been doing it for more than a decade. And these events are enjoyed by lecturers and students and professionals and young school children and their teachers and maths enthusiasts. And I suppose it underpins one of the main things that we are very keen on in the academy, which is supporting blue skies research and allowing that Eureka moment. Dr. Canning, when I look through your biography, I can see that education, education policy has formed such a core part of, of what you've done over, over your many years in, in this whole area. How important is it that we have sort of individual figures like Hamilton with a really interesting story um, as a way to promote uh, STEM mathematics? So as opposed to just trying to tell people that this subject is interesting and important, that we can actually point to a person with a really good story that we can so, sort of, you know, hook their attention that way and then bring in the importance of the, the topic? Well, I suppose really, um, you know, 
the fact that we actually have asked Dr. Eden Suhan to talk about her life and her career is one way. Um, Hamilton himself is a giant figure, and there are others. Ireland has, has contributed many uh, specialists in maths and science, and indeed, as we know, in arts and humanities. So um, really putting this into the minds of the school children to make sure that they understand that there is a career here and that it can lead to stellar activities. So what we do is we create the Hamilton Prize in Mathematics and, it is and that is at the undergraduate level, awarded to the most excellent students who get a special certificate with a cash prize of 250 euros and they will benefit from first-hand advice and guidance. Uh, role models are very important, and we feel that the Academy has an entire uh, mission to champion the excellence of scholarship and mathematical scholarship, of course, in Ireland, and to support the next generation of mathematicians. So this is Hamilton Prize Day is a real opportunity to put that role model out there. And finally, back to yourself, Danny, speaking of role models and people excelling in their industries, you know, we've seen in history, throughout history, Ireland producing some fantastic scientists, mathematicians, physicists. When you look at Ireland today, do you see the same level of expertise and the same level of, of intelligence that is really driving forward the development of digital technologies and the economy in general? I think we do, Patrick. They may not yet be celebrated um, in terms of household names, but they're certainly there. And I think that's why the, the Hamilton Day, in terms of rewarding from the nine institutions across the island, as Mary said, this is an all-island um, endeavour, um, shows that we're trying to reward and encourage those people who are great mathematicians, even at this young age, to stay with it. Uh, too often people get diverted out. Um, and to Mary's point on that great list of more recent um, recipients of um, the Hamilton and to give the Hamilton talk. The first one in recent times uh, was Murray Gelman, um, who discovered the subatomic particle, the quark. And the reason Murray Gelman called it the quark was not alone is he a scientist, he's also a Joycean uh, enthusiast. And he, he was here, he went out to Chapel Lizard to, uh, to the pub, the Mullingar House, uh, which I think features either in the Dubliners or Finnegan's Wake. And so we have this kind of crossover between our great literary tradition um, and our science. And it's interesting that the quark uh, was the name uh, that Intel put on their latest chip uh, that was developed uh, um, here in uh, in Ireland out in Leakslip because of the educational system and because of those STEM subjects. And I think the other thing that's kind of good about getting young people engaged with that Hamilton story is, you know, the quaternions that we talked about is all about three dimensions, uh, the three dimensional aspects. And so when people are sitting in front of their computer generators gaming, um, that's the quaternions at work. Uh, how to, you know, how to find uh, location in three dimensional space from rotating objects. So, 
you know, it's right in front of, of people's faces, uh, this tradition. And I think it's great that the Royal Irish Academy and IBEC uh, can give expression to this. I think it's exciting. I think this can, Hamilton Day can get much bigger. Uh, and it'd be great for it rivaled Bloomsday, not replace it, but rivaled. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, look, it's all about making it and keeping it relevant, I guess. Uh, some really interesting points there. Danny McCoy, CEO of IBEC, and Dr. Mary Canning, President of the Royal Irish Academy. Thank you so much for joining us here on IBEC Voices. IBEC. The Voice of Irish Business. Now, as I mentioned earlier, one of the main events this year is the Hamilton Lecture, presented this year by Professor Caroline Series, Emeritus Professor of Mathematics at the University of Warwick. It's called Glimpses into Hyperbolic Geometry. It takes place at Trinity College at 7pm on October 15th. Professor Series joined me a little earlier, and I started by asking her why she became so interested in mathematics from such a young age. I think I've always liked patterns and somehow patterns, intricate patterns, have got a sort of fascination in my brain. I see them as coloured and I want to work with them. Actually, my grandmother told me that when I was very small, I used to cut up tiny bits of coloured paper and arrange them in different ways. And then when I was a bit older, I took marbles and I used to sit for hours on my bedroom floor, piling them up in pyramids in different ways. So when I came to learn geometry at school, that was just it. I sort of fell in love with it. I loved the way that there were all these rules uh, that you could apply uh, and get from, you know, some piece of information to some apparently quite unrelated information. And it was a sort of puzzle as to how to do that. So I've been very lucky to be able to spend my life basically playing with the same kind of things on a more elaborate way. Yeah, and was there also um, a family connection? I believe your your father was a very well-known physicist, is that right? Yeah, that's right. My father was a physicist. He was a fellow of the Royal Society. Um, he, worked in, he worked on the spectrum of atomic hydrogen, and then he was quite involved in the early days of lasers and optics. He knew, he knew some of the people who were really inventing lasers, which, of course, are everywhere nowadays. So I suppose that was a degree to which I was interested and influenced by what he was doing, but I wanted to branch off and do my own independent thing. So <laughs> there was another reason why maths was a good thing for me to study. And uh, which you did very well, because I believe you, you won a Kennedy scholarship to Harvard University. Yes, that's true. I was very lucky. I, I think at the time I didn't really quite realize my good fortune. A very nice scholarship um, set up in memory of President Kennedy by the British government and people. Uh, and it sent me there for a year in the first instance. And I was able to then take on a certain amount of teaching and have a small amount of money from Harvard and uh, managed to cling on just about. So I got through to do a PhD. That was a kind of, it was really a life-changing experience because living in the US for four years and knowing the people, making the contacts, I felt completely at home there by the end. Um, that was something that was really fundamental for the rest of my career. I think it's very important when you get started in probably in any academic subject, you have to really be immersed in it and meet the people who are sort of at the coalface, as it were, um, just to try and find your feet and get established in something. So a very important period in your life. And I was very lucky. 
So hyperbolic geometry, the, the area you will be speaking about at the Hamilton Lecture 2021, is that an area that you became interested in over time and developed some sort of specialization in, I guess? Yes, it is. So, so my thesis was really on um, a rather obscure piece of what we would now think of as the study of chaos. But I, I didn't think of it like that, and it was quite an obscure corner. Um, but I realized or discovered that some of the most interesting examples came from hyperbolic geometry in the early parts of the last century, in fact. And I got interested in that, and I felt like I was going back to my first love, which was geometry. The dynamics I was doing was, but it was very abstract. Uh, so I gradually got drawn into this subject. Uh, hyperbolic geometry is very visual, and there are just beautiful patterns um, and rules that govern it. And that began to fascinate me more and more and find connections with other things. So that's how I really got involved in it. And maybe it's probably a very unfair question, but can you give us a simple, a simple definition of hyperbolic geometry or maybe even better, do we touch it? Do we see it? Do we interact with it um, in our daily lives? That's a very good question. So you can think of it, um, well, it could happen in any dimension, but let's talk about a surface. So you could think of it as geometry on a rather special kind of surface. So um, in some sense, it's the opposite of geometry on a sphere. So a sphere is an idealized round ball. And you're sort of familiar with the idea that, you know, for example, for navigation, you need to have formulas that tell you how, how geometry works, um, how to calculate latitude and longitude and distances and so on. So hyperbolic geometry is a similar thing, but the surface is saddle-shaped everywhere. So instead of both sides, as it were, curving downwards, you have one direction where the surface curves down and the other where it curves up. So it's like you're in a, a col at the top of a mountain pass and you've climbed up, you've got to this top, but on either side of you, there are great peaks rising on either side and in front you come to the top and then you start going down the other side. So, um, but this geometry is very idealized, like the sphere is very idealized, right? The earth is not really round. Um, but nevertheless, you can study the idealized version, uh, but it turns out that you can't build a surface like that inside ordinary space because you try and fit it into ordinary three dimensions and all this saddle business causes it to start to have to crinkle up around the edges. So you put it in and it starts looking like more and more of a sort of crinkled up um, piece of coral or a piece of kale leaf, something like that. Uh, and around the edges, it gets more and more and more complicated. And one of the things I'm interested in, and I'll touch on in my talk, Around the very edge, you end up seeing most beautiful fractal sort of patterns. So there again, I come back to my love of patterns with an excuse to study them. Yeah, very, very interesting. And finally, Caroline, you mentioned a word there a few minutes ago, fractals. And we're hearing this quite a lot these days when it comes to sort of just health and well-being, because people talk about getting out in nature and the healing effect that nature has. And part and a lot of that is because of the fractals, the patterns that are out there. Is this, is this something you're familiar with? Yeah, so what a fractal. So if you studied calculus ever in school, 
you know, the idea that when you see a curve and you look very closely, it looks almost like a straight line. That's the basic idea in calculus. But the fractal is the opposite thing. It's like it's very something that's very crinkled up in some way. And if you would zoom in and look more, it's still crinkled up. It's still got incredible structure. And you keep looking at finer and finer levels. So if you look at lots of plants like ferns, um, lots of kind of leaves, if you look microscopically at many structures, you see this effect that you can go to finer and finer and finer levels and you still see immense complication, very often repeated. I remember watching an interview that St- Stephen Fry gave and he, he talked about nature and how if you look closely at nature, there's not one single thing that's not beautiful, even though it's a crazy array of different shapes and sizes and everything like that. But everything is is almost perfect in its own way. And maybe this is down to those fractals, those patterns you're speaking about. Well, actually, I've been going out around recently looking at the leaves of different plants. And if you think about it, each leaf is trying to it's trying to get life light it needs a certain amount of water and they are all in their own different ways for different plants solving this problem of what shape they should be and how they should be arranged and should they be crinkly or should they be long and straight because it depends on the climate and so on but it is incredible the the variety once you start looking and thinking i mean i suppose somebody's studied all of this but um just just look around you and it's a miracle Miracle. Ibeck, the voice of Irish business. Such a fascinating person. My thanks to Professor Caroline Series, Emeritus Professor of Mathematics at the University of Warwick, and earlier Danny McCoy, CEO of IBEC, and Dr. Mary Canning, President of the Royal Irish Academy. And just to recap on this year's event, Hamilton Day will take place on Friday, 15th of October. This is the third year of partnership between IBEC and the Royal Irish Academy for these annual commemorations. Uh, the, the day itself involves a Hamilton Prize ceremony to recognise the most gifted third-level mathematics students in Ireland. The students will also be rewarded with a masterclass by Professor Caroline Series and a roundtable discussion chaired by Dr. Evine Nisulawan and finally Professor Caroline Series in conversation with Dr. Evine Nisulawan. And then of course the Hamilton lecture will take place later this evening but you will get all the information you need, all the details by just searching ria.ie. Thank you very much for your time this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Please do subscribe or follow the series if you are enjoying it. And uh, we'll be back very soon with another episode of IBEC Voices. Hope you can join us then.